Hey folks, Joe Roder here with the Men Podcast. Coming at you after a long break of no podcasting. Uh, so sorry for the delay. Thanks for listening. Uh, it just seems like with guiding full-time and running the shop, blogging and managing travel and fishing, raising kids, hunting, mountain biking, skiing, all that other cool outdoor stuff I like to do too. It just hasn't been possible to get the podcast up, but uh, I think going forward I'm going to have a more simple format. It'll be kind of a fresh change where it's just me. I'm not going to worry about trying to schedule other folks and sit down with other folks to get on here. Uh, it'll just be me kind of laying down specific uh, you know, bits and pieces of knowledge uh, for you guys to, to digest and uh, hopefully make you become better fishermen. So, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to focus this podcast on steelhead fishing. Uh, I just came off three days of guided steelhead fishing and, uh, just want to share a few reflections, uh, you know, on steelhead fishing and, uh, you know, maybe compared to trout fishing a little bit and, uh, some of the stuff I learned, but both some of the stuff I remembered that I think might be, uh, might be helpful for you guys. So, uh, overall, across the Pacific Northwest, uh, steelhead counts are, are kind of in a slump right now. Uh, we had huge runs 10 years ago, and um, just since that time, they've just kind of slipped and slipped and slipped, probably for you know a big variety of reasons, depending on who you ask, uh, and that answer may differ even amongst uh, scientists. But uh, either way, the steelhead numbers are in a slump, but we had a great three days of, uh, of steelhead guiding uh, on our home river, uh, which is a Columbia River uh, tributary, and uh, did well. Uh, so I don't want to cite any numbers or inflate expectations for anybody, but we we hook multiple fish a day each day. Uh, I was on the river, and uh, the, the guides I'm, I'm on our team are doing the same thing. We've just got super staff, but uh, we did a variety of different techniques. Uh, we swung flies with two-handed rods. We swung flies with single-handed rods, and we used single-handed rods and strike indicators, uh, both fishing out of a, a, a drift boat raft or on foot even. So a uh, big variety of tactics. But uh, I think my biggest takeaway, uh, you know, from guiding over the course of several days and just, you know, tackling the anxiety that is steelhead fishing and steelhead guiding to, it's just such a high-stakes game. You know, the the success of your day regarding catching might pivot on just a cast or two or a hook set or two or converting, you know, a hook up to, to actually get a fish landed. So everything takes on higher stakes, you know, by about, you know, 30 or 40 times versus trout fishing. Whereas you might get in a good day of trout fishing, you might get 30 or 40 opportunities to, to set the hook uh, and, and get that number of grabs and steelhead fishing. We might get one or two grabs a day. And if we can, if we can roll those into landed fish, man, we're on top of the world. But if we don't put up a goose egg, uh, which is fine. It's not going to – my ego is not going to inflate or deflate whether we catch them or not. And I don't think the anglers are either, but it's better to land them. Uh, I think we'd all agree on that. So, uh, yeah, I think there was a variety of takeaways I had and just kind of processing the three days. Uh, I've had two days off the river since then. And I think more than anything is just going into your day uh, and you know, being you know not pay, not overly patient, but patient because certain things are going to happen that are out of your control, um, be it river conditions or other angling traffic and things like that. And you really have to approach the idea of steelhead fishing just one fish at a time. And I know that might sound like just a really fundamental cliche, but your goal is just to get a hookup. And uh, 
So when when we cast, there's no value in quantity. There's really no value in quantity of mediocre or bad presentations. So when you step into a piece of water, you know, you know, visualize where the fish are and try to approach that water as quietly and 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 within reason. You don't need to be, you know, neurotic about how you approach the approach the river. But you need to you need to realize that when you bring attention to yourself or your fly or your setup the in order for the fish to win all they need to do is become wary so i think swinging you know like just just talk about spay fishing first but going into you know a piece of water approaching a piece of water and uh making sure that the first time you step through the run uh and and we might fish on single-handed rods or two-handed rods it really doesn't matter spay rod switch rod whatever i can Describe the tackle that we used this weekend uh, toward the end of the podcast. But when you step into that run, just realize that if you if you snag up and you rip that sink tip around and you make a lot of noise or you make a bad cast and you have to re-anchor and, and do a lot of extra stuff, if you raise the fish's awareness that something some other element is at work around them, then all they have to do is decide not to take your fly. And it's such it's such a small amount of disturbance that can often create that. So it doesn't hurt to be quiet, you know, in your casting, in your presentation. So like for, for those who spay cast or, or two-handed cast, simply lifting your rod delicately up to a 45-degree angle to remove the fly from, from the nearest or the, the strike zone Um as quietly as you can before you just rip the fly out of there and anchor it is really wise. It quietly removes the fly from the general area that you're going to be stepping into next. It makes a much quieter delivery. The other thing I found helpful is fishing too heavy. And I've been guiding steelhead for, gosh, about 17 seasons. You know, I, I didn't guide a lot last year and I haven't guided much this year, to be honest with you, but I think it gave me some time to step back and kind of reflect on a lot of the errors that I've made myself as a guide and fisherman. But fishing too heavy is, is detrimental to your success. If you snag and you start ripping that sink tip line around or you have to walk down there and get your fly unhung on the hang down, it, it, it pollutes the run. So you've polluted the water now with noise and uh, you know a force that's at work outside of just that fish being in there. The fish may have been in that same run for three days. And it the, 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 the steelhead will understand that there are these long periods of, of quiet serenity where there's no other forces at work around them, and that's the norm. And as soon as we disrupt, disrupt that norm, all of a sudden that fish becomes wary. So the way the way you resolve that is making sure that, you know, raise your rod really high to a 45 and then delicately try to pull your fly out. Uh, fishing smaller flies, uh, we, we hooked three steelhead space swinging uh, on Friday, and all of them were on very small, very sparse flies, despite relatively cold water conditions. Uh, I run, beginning to run longer, lighter tippets. Uh, I'm running like a Rio, uh, it doesn't matter, Rio, Scientific Anglers, whatever it is. But I run uh, standard supple fluorocarbon. Um, I'm not running Maxima, really stiff tippets. Those are often preferred, but I just find myself moving towards more supple tippets so that fly can wander a little bit more. Uh, and uh, about six feet to tip it off the end of my sink tips in clear water. But fishing lighter tips and smaller unweighted flies, just to make sure that we can move that fly and extract that fly from the strike zone, 
you know, just picture yourself, you're, you're making a few casts and you're stepping down into these steelhead and your fly is, say, six to eight feet just out of the strike zone on one swing. On the next swing, we're going to be hopefully stepping that fly right into this steelhead strike zone. The more noise that fly makes, that leader makes, that sink tip makes in coming through, the more we've raised their awareness. And hopefully you keep your feet moving, which is going to be one of my next tips. But hopefully you keep your feet moving in a way that you're constantly moving that that fly downfield and bringing it right to the steelhead. Uh, so quiet extraction of the fly, longer, lighter tips. Uh, if you don't need sink time, don't fish heavy, fish light. We fished, uh, and these are swift currents that we were fishing, but, uh, I think our best swinging, uh, setup was either seven and a half feet of, uh, a real mo tip. I used two, we had success on two different tip systems and we're fishing all Skagit style heads, but a seven and a half foot. Uh, most systems so there's only seven and a half feet of sink tip and that seemed to keep the fly up it, it seemed to hang it over the boulders and the ledges just fine but it kept the fly up on the hang down uh you know at the end of your swing so we weren't snagging an awful lot and uh i actually used a uh a five inch per second uh uh scientific angler sonar leader 10 foot sonar leader uh which is skinnier it's not a sink tip it slides through the water with less movement and less displacement which i really like so i, I really like poly leaders as well and uh, if you're going to if you're going to fish poly leaders generally you err on the the side of making your shooting head a little bit heavy maybe 25 or 50 grains heavier than a recommended chart and then you can run poly leaders and you you get the ease of casting a short head uh but you still get a more subtle delivery like a scandy style system so um, don't be afraid to use poly leaders, regardless of whatever your head weight is right now. Try them, and they're skinnier and a little bit stealthier, and I tend to like them a lot better uh, with smaller, unweighted flies. If you're going to throw big flies for whatever reason, uh, you know, large-weighted stuff, uh, then you're going to need a traditional sink tip, like a, a Rio Mo style, a Rio, you know, replacement tip. Sink tips are designed for big flies. Poly leaders are designed to small to mid-sized flies. And then, uh, you know, keep your flies small and unweighted. Uh, I think they wander better. They present better. If you don't eat a weighted fly, don't fish a weighted fly. Uh, and the, a lot of these fish are going to eat on that hang down. And, uh, you know, I just see, uh, you know, over years of observation in watching anglers both, you know, a lot of the guided anglers I'll take are pretty darn experienced fishermen. Um, and so I don't really look at them critically, but I, I, I observe, you know, in a kind of an unbiased fashion. And, you know, these guys will have their favorite tip they've done well on. And a lot of times it's really heavy. But what, what happens is you lose about 25% of that swing on the hang down. Because if the sink tip is dying and sinking towards the end of your swing, the fly does not look very natural. So smaller flies, lighter lines, if you can use them, uh, you know, steelhead see pretty well. Uh, that smaller fly is quieter and uh, when you step through the run, just, just knowing that we don't want to snag up, it's really easy to walk back to the top of a run and fish it again a little bit heavier. Um, so it's always better to fish a run twice fast versus once slow. So it's nothing to fish through a run and quick step it, uh, which would be my next tip, and then walk back to the top. It takes you two or three minutes to walk back to the average top of a steelhead run, especially if you've got a waiting staff that you can use a walking stick and just get on the shore, hike back to the top, fish it again, you know, heavier on the second round, you know, change tips if you so desire, but fish it light first, heavy second. Now, regarding stepping down and you're swinging, man, I'll tell you, 
getting getting anglers to move enough is really tough. We especially if the waiting's tough. We get comfortable in a spot and we take like man, I was telling guys to take four steps down and uh, they would take what I call the equivalent of two steps for myself and finally I had them trying to tell them to take six steps down just to move that fly forward fast enough. If the fish sees the fly more than, you know, once or twice, it's not it's no longer a rare opportunity. It's no longer an ambush. And you want to think about that swinging fly is we really need to ambush that steelhead. We need to offer them something they haven't seen that's unique and rare, and hopefully we can trigger an instinct to chase it. But they tire of it very quickly if they see it swung in their horizon multiple times. It just seems like we rarely catch a fish on the swing where the angler's not moving. So... Um, you know, you know, you don't need to overstep it, but in water where the clarity is four feet, you know, take two steps. You know, I don't think you're going to leave too many gaps behind. I think they're going to see it either on the first swing or the second swing, uh, when it does go through their general perimeter. And, uh, and then, and then, uh, you know, thirdly, uh, and I, this should have been the most important regarding anglers that are going to swing flies is do not cast too far. You guys stop it. You gotta, you gotta rein that cast in. You know, I spent a long time doing this. You know, the curse of being able to cast to the other side of the river. But if you throw your fly beyond the fastest stripe of current or strip of current in the center, you're going to wind up with a poor presentation almost every time. And uh, fish it short, fish the head plus just a little running line. There's very few circumstances on mid-sized rivers, and I'll describe a mid-sized rivers is uh, a river that can neck down the size of a two-lane highway. If it And it could get wider at times, too. But if it can neck down that tight, generally you should be just throwing the average Skagit head plus 10 feet of running line at most. Only in the tail out where it really gets wider can you stretch it out and let the big dog eat. Um, I think there's value to being able to cast a long ways because I think it learns to teach you the efficient an efficient casting stroke. I think there's immense value in learning to cast a long ways because it forces you to do things right. But when it comes to actual fishing, man, if you go watch, you know, an experienced spay guide fish, man, he's going to rein that cast. If, if you watch him fish and not show off, he's going to rein that cast in very short. And he's going to make sure that that fly flutters into the, the lane. And, and also an experienced angler will have a each swing will kind of have an area that he's targeting the presentation where he's really slowing the fly down immensely. So uh, keep it short, rein it in, don't overcast, don't throw behind the fish, and really think about the presentation. Spay casting is simply a tool for delivering a fly. It's not It's not meant to, you know, really wasn't meant to be enjoyable. It was meant to catch fish. So the fact that, you know, it's fun to cast is a great side effect. But remember that that long rod you got, man, that thing's a catching tool. Um, so slow those swings down. You know, double step the runs with four feet of water or more. You know, need to take at least two giant steps. Fish it light. Keep that fly smaller than you think you need to. Uh, you know, we had success on black muddlers and really, really little uh, hobo space. Um, smaller sizes, and I think we use the bigger ones, but I pluck a lot of the material off of those things to really make them small. And if it's clear water, I take a lot of the flash out of those things too. But uh, the black steelhead muddler, uh, the, the hobo spay, and a couple of different colors were productive this weekend as well. So um, 
And then uh, regarding lines, we use everything from Skagit, you know, Rio, Skagit, Max Long, to OPST Commando heads, uh, everything in between. Doesn't, the head doesn't really matter. We prefer Skagit heads for most of the rivers that we fish here. Uh, and then uh, we use single-handers quite a bit. Uh, I didn't get a chance to fish myself a lot. I fished a Wednesday evening with one of our guides, Craig uh, Chittenden, and uh, I hooked one fish, and uh, I hooked it on a two-hander. And uh, I was, you know, I'll talk about my personal gear. I was using a, a 6127 Berkheimer two-hander uh, with a uh, Rio Skagit Max, or excuse me, a Rio... Uh, intermediate Skagit head uh, in 525 and a polyliter on the end of that and a real slow sinking polyliter like a 2.6. Intermediate heads are pretty nice, you know, for uh, areas with a lot of fast surface currents. Um, but I generally use a floating head most of the time. And then I was using a single hander uh, with a commando head on there, an eight weight single hand, uh, eight weight single hand Sajax uh, with a OPST commando head, 300 grain, Commando head and uh, sinking Versa leaders. Uh, again, I, I tend to like Versa leaders. I don't fish real big flies most of the time. So, uh, you know, Versa leader, that SA, the scientific angler sonar leader is the one I really like right now because it's labeled. Uh, the sink rates are written on there. It makes it kind of handy. So, for the swinging game, that's my advice. Uh, you know, think stealthy if you're stepping into a run. Uh, we do a lot of indicator nymphing too. Uh, the, you know, this over the course of the weekend, we did a ton of that. Um, you know, if, but I want to spell this out. Like, if you're listening to this and you're a do-it-yourself angler, there's you have to realize that like when when you're with a guide, a reds guide at least. Uh, you know, I can speak to you know our company is we row you around the river. Um, we can, can we can really help you immensely with indicator nymphing. We can row the boat right along the the slots that we've caught the steelhead. You know the right depth, control the boat speed, and, and basically guide it like we would trout. And and we can really help you deliver a perfect fly or perfect drift. Uh, if you're a do-it-yourself angler, listen to this. You're just trying to hey, I want to extract some good information about you know steelhead fishing. Learn a little bit more about it. If you're on foot. That's a huge difference. That's where, you know, and I'll just throw out just a general ratio or a general, uh, a general, uh, I guess, statistic. Uh, numbers aren't obviously accurate, but you're many more times likely if you come on a guided trip with us to catch fish nymphing. Because of the fact we're going to row the boat right up to the fish and really help you out. We can talk you into the fish and we can, we can guide it like trout and you've got a super pro rowing the boat for you. I don't want to say we make it easy, but we make it easier for sure. We could increase your catch count by lining the boat up on all those big holes and slots and getting you into water efficiently. If you're listening to this as a do-it-yourself angler, that ratio is not going to be the same thing. You're going to catch nearly equivalent amount, depending on the structure of the water. Obviously, every place is different, but that's where the that's where spay fishing or swinging flies becomes more advantageous is when you're a do-it-yourself angler on foot. And you're trying to keep your presentation simple, clean, and cover water, and you're you're relegated to fishing exclusively on foot. Swinging flies with switch rods, spay rods, even single-handed rods becomes more advantageous for a do-it-yourself angler. Our guided trips, we do a lot of indicator fishing. We get a lot of trout fishermen that want to go catch steelhead, and we're happy to we're happy to roll for them and, and fish them like that. So, uh, just want to make that clear. Like if you're listening, don't 
think nymphing is, you know, a huge advantage for a do-it-yourself angler. On small to mid-sized water, sure it is. But on big water, swinging flies and two-handed rods become uh, advantageous at that point and more enjoyable. You'll fish longer, you'll fish better, and you'll get out there more if you enjoy the process, which, frankly, I swing flies. When I'm personally fishing, I swing flies exclusively. You know, I'm not adamantly opposed to throwing a strike indicator, a nymph. And, uh, but personally, I just enjoy swinging flies a lot. I love that game. I'm going to immerse myself in it. So indicator fishing, you know, we use a, like a one inch thingamabobber or an airlock uh, as a common strike indicator for our setups. Uh, guides set them up very differently depending on guide to guide, but we use, uh, you know, a large stonefly nymph is pretty common for most of our summer steelhead. And then we run egg patterns. And so you can jump on our website and we got tons of flies uh, in our, you know, salmon and steelhead flies category at Reds. Uh, I would absolutely jump on there if you want to see the flies we're using. We've got our fly collections very well categorized. So go check that out. Uh, we use a variety of different stonefly nymphs uh, and we'll run egg patterns with that as well, either in the form of a, a glow bug uh, or a, a large trout bead. Um, depending on what guide you ask, anything from an eight millimeter to a 14 millimeter trout bead, uh, you know, works, <laughs> pick your own color. Um, there isn't any one in particular that works better than another, but, uh, as far as nymphing goes, I personally run pretty short and light, you know, I'll run four to six feet under a strike indicator. I run pretty light line. Uh, I'll run absolute fluorocarbon tippet. Uh, that's the name of it. Absolute fluorocarbon tippet. And I'll run 1X and 2X to most of my setups because I like I like to run light in that thinner, finer uh, tippet sinks a lot better with less weight. So we can cast less weight and still get the same sink rate. So that's my personal setup. Um, and I run uh, a small egg sucking leech or uh, a stonefly nymph most of the time uh, is my setup. Yeah, so I just... I paused for a second and I brought up our website uh, under steelhead and salmon flies. And I'm just going to name off some of the ones that are, you know, popular best sellers. But I run a lot, the, the one called barbell egg sucking leech by solitude. I run that both in blacks and purples and you can swing that fly. If you're going to use a weighted fly at times too. Uh, and if I had to pick one fly to steelhead fish the entire rest of my life, it, and, and I had to fish for numbers and money and, and enjoyment and kind of this, uh, you know, Let's say I had to guide the rest of my life. Uh, it'd be an egg-sucking leech, a barbell-eyed egg-sucking leech, because I can swing that fly on a floating line. I can swing it on a light sink tip, or I can dead drift it under an indicator too. But that that one, that barbell egg-sucking leech is the one. Like we've gone through a lot of them in our shop, and the one we have on our website uh, is is it. Uh, as far as nymphs go, Agent Orange, Agent Onyx are both great. Uh, if you're in clear water where you're going to have uh, – uh, a lot of summer steelhead, not winter steelhead. Um, there's a copper swan, a big variety of October caddis pupa. Um, but uh, especially if you're fishing on foot and you're listening to this, don't be afraid to get a handful of varieties because you should fish. If you're in a good piece of water, you like the way it fishes, and it looks good, it's better than you think. It's going to produce steelhead. They're, they're usually on the migrate. They're on the move. If you like the water, fish it twice. Walk through it, change, walk through from top to bottom, keep moving downstream, especially if there's other anglers around you. That's the etiquette, that's standard steelhead etiquette. Get to the bottom of the run, change flies, step through again. And fish are going to move around uh, based on daylight. Uh, 
and uh, keep keep yourself on the move, but don't be afraid to change flies. Um, when we're running and gunning in drift boats or rafts, uh, we don't change flies as much, as much because we're throwing it over fresh fish every few minutes. But um, I would suggest changing flies. Uh, regarding swinging flies, I mentioned a couple of others. Uh, big variety of hobo space, uh, steelhead muddlers, both purple and black, I really like. Uh, I like the black magic. Uh, we got a steelhead on uh, one called the black magic. And uh, like I said, go to the website. You can see a lot of this stuff, see pictures of what I'm talking about. So you can start to build a kind of an assortment for yourself if you're planning a steelhead trip uh, with us. Regarding rods for you know single-handed uh, fishing, uh, if I had to pick one rod to steelhead fish the rest of my life, uh, it would probably be. Man, I'd be torn between a ten-foot seven weight and like an eleven-foot seven weight two-hander, um, but I would probably go with the ten-foot seven weight and. Uh, I can single hand spay cast with the new with the new lines we have. Uh, man, the single hander spay cast such with such ease and great distance, um, and I could still do some other stuff with it if I wanted to. If I wanted to dead drift the fly, I certainly could, but I can handle myself around alder trees and brush and sticks and logs and stuff really well with that single hander. But I would be torn between those. Um, for single hand indicator fishing, uh, anywhere in the Pacific Northwest, short of British Columbia, uh, Skagit River, the Olympic Peninsula, ten foot seven weight's kind of the sweet spot. Um, I, you know, I like that build, um, especially some of these newer ones. They're so strong and so easy to cast, and uh, the seven weight feeds the line extremely well. Uh, a couple of anglers were were using ten foot seven weight Sage X um, that I really really am fond of. Um, couple of guys bought them for the trip this last week, and I got to use them, and I just thought, man, these things are so easy to cast anymore, um, and it, really easy to feed line of men and do all that little fishy stuff. So as far as single-handed rods, um, that's kind of the tackle build um, that I liked uh, over this last trip that jumped out at me. Uh, lastly, um, is, is just deciding how you want to spend your time. You know, there's all these different options and all these different choices, but I... I I try to draw some of these comparisons with big game hunting because I do a ton of big game hunting outside of, of fly fishing, and I try to apply some of these same strategies that make me a successful big game hunter. And one of them is figuring out how you enjoy spending your time and where you enjoy spending your time. So earlier I made the comment about when you find a piece of water that you like, and you enjoy fishing it, you like the look of it, you like the feel of it, you like how your fly drifts, stick with it. It's so, it's it's just so uh, egocentrical or almost arrogant to think that we're going to have success the first time we fish a piece of water or hunt a piece of terrain, right? Even the best spots, the very best steelhead spots aren't going to produce a fish every time. And they're very likely not to produce a fish the first time because you're just feeling your way into it. So figure out places you like to spend your time. Are they easy to get to? Do you like how it wades? Do you like how it drifts? Is it not frustrating to, to fish? You know, Or maybe you like challenging places to fish where the alders are at your back. I love spots like that because I rarely see anybody else fishing them. But figure out places you like to spend your time and figure out strategies that you enjoy fishing. If you enjoy swinging you know, floating lines and dry flies... You know, fish in August and September and early to mid-October. Get really good at it. 
get so good at dry fly skating dry flies and fishing you know flies on floating lines that if there's fish there you're going to find them i know guys like that that do great they don't do great every time but when they when the opportunities there they're going to they're going to be able to take advantage of it because those guys are very good at it if you like swinging light tips and it's just what you like stick with the same tips stick with the same lightweight flies don't change a whole lot until you get really good at what you're doing if you enjoy a process Stick with it until you become a master at it. Don't jump around. Don't change a bunch of junk. Don't worry about what heads you have on all the time. Figure out how what works well for you, what you enjoy casting. Learn to step downstream. Learn to read the water. Learn to slow down the swing. Maybe you just dig nymph fishing. God, I mean, fine, dude. Go. I mean, it, you can nymph fish. Stick with nymph fishing if that's what you like, but find pleasurable ways to do it. Learn to fish lighter. So you don't snag and, and, and spook all the fish. When you snag up with a nymph and you and you rip on it and you whack that bobber around on the surface and make a big disturbance, you've told everything within 15 or 20 feet that you're there. So with nymph fishing, you know, my emphasis would be if, if that's what you like to do or maybe that's the tackle that you're already set up with and what's your, it's what you're going to do next weekend. Dude, nymph fish. Go after it. Get after it. But become good at it and figure out how you enjoy spending your time because there's going to be a lot more casting than catching. That's a fact. But when you spend your time doing stuff that you enjoy in pieces of water that you enjoy, you're inherently going to have more success and you're going to be far more efficient because you're become a mat you're becoming a master at a particular discipline or trade. So, I think I'm just going to wrap up with that. I'm going to try to keep these podcasts about 30 minutes going forward. Um, I hope that information is super helpful. I'll also post uh, uh, this on the blog as well, um, just with a link if you want to flip it to your friends. Uh, subscribe to the channel, you know, follow us, and I'm going to have a lot more podcasts coming out uh, with kind of this shorter uh, this this shorter format uh, that will be able to keep me moving and keep me efficient, still get to go fishing. But still get to bring you guys some some information. So thanks a ton for listening. Uh, visit us uh, on our Instagram page, Facebook page, follow our blog, uh, sign up for our newsletter. I think you can just go to our website and you'll get a pop-up. If you've never uh, gotten our newsletter, get on that. So anyway, thanks for listening. Fish on. Hope you have great success out there.